your insecurities, your worries. You roll them all up into a ball. You turn those son bitches sideways and stick them straight up. Then candy out. Pick your goal and stick fucking to it. You wishy-washy motherfuckers. I can't fucking stand you. I wanted to make sure that out of the 24 hours of the day, that I don't waste one single hour. Those hours were too precious. And so there I just want to tell people, don't give me this thing, I have a difficult time with the time, and I don't have time for this, and I don't have that. You have time. You make the time. And now, welcome to the Be Informed Live Fit Podcast, sponsored by fitnessinformant.com. Brought to you by Raise Energy. This is your host, fitnessinformant.com founder, CEO, Ryan Buck. I want to thank you guys and girls for stopping in, downloading, and streaming episode 23 of the podcast this week featuring WWE, that is World Wrestling Entertainment superstar, Aria Davari. Aria and I go way back, and if you've listened to any of the previous podcasts, you know that I come from that world. I spent many years inside of a 18 by 18, 20 by 20 professional wrestling ring, chasing my dream of getting to WWE. And and story is, and, and how it goes, is 2013, myself, along with Aria, traveled to Des Moines, Iowa, traveled back up to the Target Center here in Minneapolis for our quote-unquote tryouts with the WWE from there, he got signed and, and came on and came onto the scene and been in WWE now for three years, and, and I didn't, and that's fine. Uh, what I love about Arya is I can turn on the TV on Monday night, which is Monday Night Raw. I can watch TV on Tuesday at SmackDown, or I can watch a pay-per-view on the WWE Network and see one of my good buddies be successful at something he absolutely loves doing, and that's pro wrestling. And it was great because I wanted to get Arya on because we are literally like two weeks away or a little over two weeks away from WWE's biggest event of the year called WrestleMania. And this year, it's in New York City at, I believe, MetLife Stadium. So it's outside. Uh, chances of snow, chances of rain, all that stuff could happen. But Aria has an opportunity to make the card. Now, typically, the Cruiserweights or the 205 Live crew is what they call them. They haven't been on WrestleMania yet. And I keep pulling for someone like Aria and, and his friends within that division to be on WWE's biggest show, WrestleMania. So it only made sense to have Aria come on. Now, we spend a little bit of time talking pro wrestling because I could talk that stuff all day, every day. But we spend a lot of time talking with Aria about how does he stay in shape? How does he stay healthy? How does he eat while he's on the road with WWE? Which means you're on the road 200 plus days a year. You are essentially living out of a suitcase. You are traveling from town to town, whether it be via airport, airplane, or sometimes it's via, via rental cars. So you're driving four or five hours via rental car because it just makes sense. After a show, nothing is open. You have to stop at any restaurant, which is lights are on, and you have to make sacrifices and figure out exactly what to eat in order to stay in shape because a lot of people don't understand. Pro wrestling is really, I mean, it's a sport, in my opinion, in terms of they're, very, they're athletes. All these guys and girls are athletes in WWE and, and pro wrestling in general. But you also need to look the part. You need to be in shape, which requires working out at random gyms that aren't yours, which requires eating at restaurants in which you're not familiar with the menu and having to sit there and literally basically be uh, customizing your order at these restaurants. And if a WWE superstar has to do this on a daily basis, 
we as normal people should be able to do this every now and then when we decide to go out to eat. So Arya is going to come up here in just a little bit, and we'll talk everything in terms of his pro wrestling career, our time together, and now his time up in WWE and his future goals as a professional wrestler. This week's Pumped Up segment is being brought to you by Built Fast Formula's award-winning Vasoblitz Blitz Pumping there. Not only is Vasoblitz Blitz the winner of our 2018 Shield of Excellence Supplement Award for the best pump product, it is also the first nitrate formula fully dosed with 30 servings. That's right, not scoops, but 30 servings. When Vasoblitz Blitz is consumed daily, even on your off days, it will last you a full month. All this for only $34.99. And as a special offer to our listening audience, use coupon code INFORMANT and save 15% off. I'm pumped up about a couple things this week. First off, if you follow us on social media, specifically Instagram, you know that last week I spent the first part of the week traveling. I went to New Jersey. Uh, from Jersey, I flew to Boise. And in Boise, I had dinner with my buddy Chris Gethin, which is always good to, to catch up with Chris. Uh, and those of you, you should know who Chris Gethin is. He's the CEO of Cage Muscle Supplements. He's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a sweetheart of a human being and just a nice dude overall. Great dinner with Chris. Uh, speaking everything within this industry, talking about Cage Muscle. They have a lot of cool stuff coming up, coming out of their umbrella here in 2019. And this is a brand that's consistently done well on all their platforms that they're on. But we don't necessarily talk about them all too often because they're not shooting out product launches left and right, say, like Nutribio. And they're not making big splashes in the branding world like Redcon 1. But Cage Muscle is a big-ass company selling really good products on a multitude of platforms. And this year, they're going to be coming out with a few other items. So you guys and girls know that Amino Synergy, which is their EAA product that includes caffeine and some don't have caffeine, will be releasing their peach tea and their orange mango flavor, which will be coming out, I believe, in April. Uh, so that's going to be exciting. And then they have some other things down the pipe that I can't disclose at this time. But while I was out in Boise, the big thing was going to bodybuilding.com. Now, bodybuilding.com is, has a nostalgic feel for me because that is literally what got me started inside this industry. I would buy all my sports nutrition supplements from bodybuilding.com. I used to get my workout plans from bodybuilding.com. I used to ask those questions and get the answers from people on bodybuilding.com. And like many of you listening to this podcast and many people out there in the fitness world, we all used to have a body space account. Like that was what we did to share our growth as human beings and then to share our fitness journey. So going to Boise was really cool for me to go into bodybuilding.com and just see the operation, see what it's all about. Listen, I think a lot of people are misrepresenting what bodybuilding.com is. You keep hearing all the time that bodybuilding.com is dying. Yes, okay, they are not turning as much top-line revenue as they once did. That's a fact because Amazon's on the scene. There's third-party online retailers. Brick and mortar is still there. Uh, there's eBay. There's all these different platforms and channels in which people can consume and buy their supplements. And specifically, there's the brand's websites, a lot more brands are pushing their products to their own websites because they, they at that point, they, they actually get obtain more of the margin. It's a better margin play for brands to sell direct to consumer through their website. But bodybuilding.com is still a major player in this industry. This is, this is a niche industry, and bodybuilding.com is still essentially the first .com that comes to mind. When you think about people and you ask people, where do you buy your supplements? I guarantee a majority of them probably still say bodybuilding.com. But they've gone through a restructure. They've gone through a shift. And my meetings at bodybuilding.com, uh, I left there feeling confident in the company in terms of which, which direction they want to go. Now, they might be building the company up to sell it someday. That's fine. 
but they're really seeking out brands that are fresh and new to this industry. They are leaving or they are moving away from focus and attention on the quote-unquote legacy brands. So your big brands that have been around forever that are now in the, the Walmarts and the Costcos of the world are not necessarily their, their, uh, their focal point for their future growth. But it's some of these smaller, exciting, new innovation brands that are coming out. So that was really reassuring and refreshing to hear Bodybuilding.com talk about that. And also, you know, we are in, in conversations with BB.com from a fitness informant standpoint in terms of working together and collaborating on things, which would be huge for fitness informant, obviously. But it would also be big for Bodybuilding.com because Bodybuilding.com has a review system that's broken and it needs work. And I think the conversations that I've had with them is like, listen, we are an unbiased third-party intelligent resource that can bring value to your platform through no bullshit reviews of products and brands in which you work with. Also on top of that, like I'm a certified trainer, I have a bunch of fitness credentials, like we can work together and do some cool stuff. So we are in conversations about how do we work together? How does Fitness Informant and Bodybuilding.com essentially tag team things as we move into the future? So very good conversations with the BBCom crew. I, I, uh, I have confidence that we're going to work something out in terms of working together. But even to have that conversation with a .com like BB uh, is really cool for me as a brand owner and as the uh, founder and CEO of FI because those are things that you, you, know, you always think of and you, and you wonder if it's a possibility. But now it's a possibility and it's actually going to be close to reality. So uh, at this point, I'm looking at probably going back out there in the summer to participate in a few things and to see how we can advance this relationship between fitness informant and bodybuilding.com. I'm also pumped up. The second part of this segment is about our new program. It's the Fitness Informant Improved Icon and QR Codes that's now going to be available for certain brands and supplements in the market. And what it is, is if that brand has a supplement in which we personally work with here at Fitness Informant, and it is properly dosed with quality ingredients at the right dosing, and it's effective, and it's produced in a quality manufacturing facility, they could potentially uh, apply for and receive the Fitness Informant approved icon that they can put on their supplements, on their website, on their marketing material. And for the consumer, there will be a, a scannable QR code that you can put your phone up to. It'll scan the QR code. It'll kick you over to fitnessinformant.com. And we will literally have a breakdown of the brand, who that brand is, what they're about, that product. And, and, and in terms of that product, we're going to talk about the ingredient profile on that. What each ingredient is, what it should be dosed at, what the product is dosed at and what that ingredient is supposed to do for you. And then we will also touch on effectiveness as well. We aren't going to talk about flavor and mixability because those two things are, are subjective, right? I might hate grape, and you out there might love it, so I don't want to deter somebody from buying grape if that's their flavor of choice. But ultimately, it comes down to the quality ingredients used, the quality of manufacturing, and whether or not the product works. Those are the things that are very important for us. If it passed that litmus test, they can receive the FI-approved logo, icon, and QR code. So that actually will be rolling out into market over the next several weeks on several SKUs in which we brands in which we work with, those brands and those supplements will then have a designated area on fitnessinformer.com to let the consumers know like these are FI approved supplements. They meet strict guidelines, they pass strict guidelines, and we would spend our own hard-earned money on those supplements. So super stoked about that. Um, that's coming up again, like I said, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, our genius moment of the week is being brought to you by the genius brand. The genius brand offers high quality supplements with scientifically proven clinically dosed all natural ingredients with a blatant disregard for profit margins. The genius brand focuses on creating innovative industry leading wellness supplements to help you live an active, healthy and long lasting life. Supplement smarter today. Check out full reviews and in-depth breakdown of the genius brand supplements over at fitnessinformant.com. 
Genius moment of the week this week is a post that was shared in our self-made Barbell Brigade group, which is over at Facebook. Anybody can join this group. It's an interaction platform where everybody here can get involved in each other's uh, conversations. We can help each other grow, help each other live more healthy lives, uh, make some purchase decisions that are smart. And what was posted was this lady had posted a photo of Bang, a company that I've been extremely critical of, as you girls and guys know, but how she basically blamed Bang for issues that she had as she struggled to breathe, and she's had um, issues breathing. She also says that she consumes several of these canned energy drinks a day. Okay, so the genius moment of the week for me is people. Do your research. Look at labels. Understand what it is that you are consuming. At the end of the day, it is up to you as a consumer to make a decision. It's not the brand's fault if you suffer from that. The brand's fault would be this. If the brand says drink four or five of these a day for optimal results and thus drinking four or five bangs a day leads to cardiac arrest or cardiac issues, then it could be the brand's fault. But nowhere does bang say on its cans. Drink several of these a day. It actually has a disclaimer on there about the amount of caffeine. And I say this because I get people that DM me and message me on the reg. Every single day I receive Instagram DMs and Facebook messages of people sending me products asking me my thoughts on them. Ryan, what do you think of this pre-workout? What about this amino? Listen, I don't have an issue addressing those concerns and those questions that you all have because that's really what I'm here for. But the bigger issue that I have is that the consumers don't even attempt to look for themselves first. And it's a laziness on our part as consumers, right? If you look at a pre-workout and you immediately go to me and say, what do you think of this? You're lazy. And I say that in the nicest way possible because literally at Fitness Informant, we are providing the tools for everybody in the world to start to make informed decisions. There's an ingredient profile section over at Fitness Informant that, take, that breaks down many of the ingredients seen in today's common supplements, like your pre-workouts. It tells you exactly what that ingredient is, what it does, what type of products are going to contain this ingredient, what other ingredients it works well with, any side effects to that ingredient, and ultimately it tells you what dosage that ingredient should come in at. You should be able to take a container, go to fitnessinformer.com, go to the ingredient section, and look up each ingredient to find out whether or not this is a good product or a bad product. Take some time and research the supplements for yourself because as you research these ingredients, as you research these supplements, and you learn for yourself, you now know in the future. For me, when I do a review, you know how easy it is now because I literally have seen almost every ingredient used. Occasionally, I'll see an ingredient I'm not super familiar with, but then I enjoy the progress and the journey to find out more information on that ingredient, to learn more about it. You as a consumer should be the same way. Why is it, as consumers, we will spend days, if not weeks, researching TVs, reading reviews, learning about pixels and, and DPI and 4K and 5K or whatever is out, out there right now on TVs. But when it comes to a sports nutrition product in which you actually put inside your body, you spend zero time researching it. You buy it, you try it, then you complain. Or then you ask later on whether or not it was worth it. This is why the Fitness Informant approved logo and icon and QR codes coming out to help educate you at the point of purchase, before you purchase. You scan it, you know exactly what you're getting is high quality. Hell, you don't even have to scan it because we're doing it all for you. If it's fitness informant approved, it means it passed the guidelines. But you can go a step further as a consumer and learn about that product and learn about those ingredients. Listen, we are lazy as a society when it comes to this. We really are. Like, everything surrounding us makes our life easier. Push start cars. Self-parking cars. Even when you wash your hands in the bathroom, you just put your hands underneath the faucet and it turns on. 
I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I'm saying we've been prone and, and we've been taught to be lazy. Everything around us is automated. Everything around us, we have access to everything. It's, again, not necessarily a bad thing, but when it comes to putting stuff inside of your human skeletal body, like your human flesh and bones, you get one of these people, look at what you're putting in your body and understand what it is that you're doing to yourself. A TV, you can buy a new TV, all right? I'm not saying don't spend time researching a television and a big purchase, but you can buy a new one. If you fuck up this body, you can't buy a new one. This is it. You get one chance, one shot at this. Do yourself due diligence. Please, if you want to send me a message and ask me my opinion on a supplement, I'll gladly, I'll gladly talk with you. But just know this. If you come to me and you send me a supplement and you say, what do you think of this? My response to you 110% of the time is going to be, tell me what you think of this. I'm going to press you because I want you to become smarter. I want you to become educated on these ingredients that you're putting inside your body. That to me is super important as, a, uh, as an educator in this space. I, I feel like I'm a supplement educator in this space. And my job is to educate you to make informed decisions. That's really what it is. Like our vision statement, you've seen it, is our vision one day is that consumers, all consumers, make an informed decision when it comes to their health and fitness. How do you become informed? By learning, by reading, by researching. We have over 200 published reviews at Fitness Informant. Many ingredients published. Do yourself a favor, spend some time, and learn about this stuff. And at the end of the day, if you still are uncertain, which you probably will be, at least you tried, and at least now you kind of know what to look for, and I will answer your questions gladly. Man, all right. Well, I'm fired up, and I'm going to shut up. I want to get over to WWE superstar Ari Devari, my boy, my friend. You know, I haven't seen Ari in a year, and I went to his house here in Minneapolis, and we sat down, and we just had a good conversation about wrestling, injuries, health, wellness, fitness, everything. Uh, it was good. It's fun. WrestleMania is two weeks away from this podcast dropping. So if you are a pro wrestling fan, obviously you're going to love this, but ultimately you don't even have to be a wrestling fan to enjoy this podcast. You just need to understand the trials and tribulations these men and women go through while they're on the road, away from their families, trying to live out of a suitcase and be healthy. Ladies and gentlemen, this is my boy, my friend, my good friend, the guy I used to share locker rooms with, the guy that I wrestled with in high school gymnasiums and armories and volleyball sand courts and taverns across America. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Aria Davari. The BAR Breakfast at the Ready is finally here. The world's first protein bar made with real cereal pieces from some of your favorite cereals and the best cereals of all time. This bar has 20 grams of protein, only 20 grams of carbohydrates, with five of them coming from sugar, and four grams of fat, 190 delicious calories that you can fit in at any time. Any person can take this bar, man, woman, child, whether you're working out, you're training to build muscle, or you just need a healthy snack throughout the day, the BAR is your solution. Go to redcon1.com and order the BAR breakfast at the ready right now. <laughs> With the amount of hard work that I put in, I need a reputable brand. I absolutely love this stuff. The energy is amazing. The pumps are ridiculous. The flavor is absolutely delicious. I was blown away by the amount of energy, the muscle pump. It keeps me going throughout the day. Take your workouts to the next level. The energy was so crazy for me. Really gives me the boost I'm needing in the morning. You will train harder. You will see better pumps. You will go longer in the gym. The quality of the ingredients 
makes a difference. Try Rise, you're gonna love it, I guarantee it. Their products are top of the range and I'm very proud to be a part of Team Rice. For the last two decades, we have been the best kept secret of the supplement industry. We've kept our heads down and worked. We pioneered full label transparency and full therapeutic doses because we believe that truly hard work requires truly effective tools. Two decades is a long time to commit to one pursuit, but when you act with purpose and become centered in yourself, eventually you realize that you were born and bred for this. The things you once thought impossible, you now do every day. We don't like the easy way, just doesn't feel right. We'll take the long, hard road over a shortcut any day. It takes longer, sure, but in the end, you know you earned it. And with the right team behind you, pushing yourself further than you've ever been will be just another afternoon doing what you love most. I spent most of my life chasing what's termed as unattainable. An obstacle in my path, I torment it. Any limitation trying to control my environment, I tame it. Any excuses, I transform into commitments. The haters, they're too small for me to even see. For 28 months before Cage Muscle even released, I broke myself against the will to identify, track, test, and trial the ultimate resources available in human existence to bring you something the world has never seen. Change is upon us. Don't justify your complacency. Evolve with me. Part animal, part machine. I'm Chris Kethin, and I am Cage Muscle. What's going on, everybody? Welcome inside our episode 22 of the Be Informed Live Fit podcast. Sitting here with WWE superstar Ari Devai. It's still weird for me to say that, but it's, yeah. it's a real thing. Yeah, we're we are, everybody. What's up, dude? For how long now? How many years are we? Oh, God. I started wrestling 2004, and I think you started wrestling at the same time, right? Like uh, 06. 06. Uh, so long story short, like Ari and I go way back to what we call the independent wrestling days, which is if you think about baseball, it's like minor league baseball system. We would sell out gymnasiums, man, <laughs> high schools and armories, armories, yeah, and uh, outdoor sand volleyball courts. I mean, that's the shit that we did. And now you went from from that yeah. to literally selling out stadiums in India and Australia right. and the U.S. of A. Like, how different is it for you now from what it was? I mean, just as, like three years ago. I'll tell you this, the first time on Monday Night Raw, that was in my head, thinking like, this is gonna be insane. Like, I've never wrestled in front of this many people before. Right. Cause like you said, we wrestled in VFWs, high schools, like bars, like sometimes in front of like 20 people. Yeah. And then I look out the curtain, I go, damn, there's like, you know, it's the size of the Target Center. I think it was in uh, Oakland, mm -hmm. whatever their arena is. Um, so, you know, 12, 15,000 people out there. So I'm, it's in my head a little bit, but 
as soon, just like, just like in the wrestling we did, as soon as you're in the ring and it's ding, 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 all you're focused on is the match, right. you know? So you can see like those first like six, seven rows, but then it just kind of all disappears into like faces. So it's not, it doesn't feel like 12,000 people are watching you. It just feels like those first four rows are watching you. I'm like, well, that's kind of about what we wrestled in front of on the independent <laughs> Sometimes, day, so yeah. not that different. <laughs> it's funny too, because so, some people don't know this, in, in 20, it was 2013, you and I went to Des Moines, Iowa, and then back to Minneapolis for like a loose tryout, I guess you could say. Um, that's really was your first time, I think, in front of WWE personnel too, was yeah, that correct? Yeah, it was. And um, you obviously got yourself a dark match on SmackDown, which was really cool. Yeah. And uh, from there, things just like spiraled for you. But like, I remember going to that that tryout that day. Like, I was pretty effing nervous, man. Just a little bit. Yeah. Like, they put you inside of this twenty by twenty ring when there's nobody in the stands, and you yeah. have to wrestle in front of like William Regal and Jesse and the Road Dog Jesse James. Yeah. And it's like, what to do? What was your thought process going into that that day? Because I'm sure you got some education from your brother. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know, my brother was also in the WWE from two thousand four to two thousand eight. But when I started going there. Um, he was already on the company, so he, he had a little bit of advice to give me. And the one piece of advice he gave me was, you know, you only get one first impression. So that obviously puts the nerves on yeah. a little bit. So, and it's why I used to kind of hound him a little bit, like a few years before that, because 2013 we went, right? Yep. A few years before that, and he would just tell me, he goes, he goes, he goes, I just want you to be like ready, ready, because at that point I was only like three, four years in. Mm -hmm. So he just kept saying that he's like, he's like you. Just hold off a little bit, you know, just get a little more season because he'd say, you make one first impression. So he goes, I would just like it when you're there. I don't know if it was just like for, to cover his own <laughs> reputation, maybe, but like, I mean, it's right, but, right? Yeah, like, but you it's the right thing to do, way. yeah. So as much as I wanted to go, I, I listened, but yeah, it was, it was still nerve wracking because, like I said, all that was in my And if you really think about it, you could get a second, third impression as well, sure. too, you know. Um, but the first one does matter. So, yeah, that, I thought the pressure was on. I'm sure the same thing that you felt. And like you said, very awkward situation. Very awkward. We're wrestling in, yeah, in front of two people. It's a whole arena. You see every chair, it's empty. Like, we've wrestled in front of small crowds on the independence, but nothing, not like, <laughs> nothing like that. Not you sure about empty, that? Yeah. <laughs> empty arena where no one's making no noise, reacting. And on top of it, the guys who are watching your match are just arms folded, judging you, judging yeah. your wrestling, you know. So... It's it's a really odd experience. I mean, you remember Wrigley used to always tell us he tell us specifically. He goes, I understand this is really yeah. weird. This is hard to do. He just he's I don't know if I could do it because right. he understood wrestling in front of that empty arena. That sucked, but I mean, yeah, it's it's a hard place to make a first impression. It was so. interesting. I, I just remember like distinctively, like I believe the Usos were around the ring watching your match. And they were getting up and they were like clapping when you brought yeah. the carpet out and you're doing your magic carpet. Uh, funny story. I don't know how many times you've told this. I think you've told this to me before. But like during your dark match, you were tagging with a local guy here named Craven uh, in a match against. Um, it was Great Kali. Yes, Great Kali. And uh, you were. Who was your agent on that match? Family. Yeah, and I believe weren't you asking like a bunch of questions and he like said something to you that's so, pretty funny. Yeah, he. Uh so for those who don't know, the Great Kali is like a seven foot five, massive, man. massive Indian man, like huge, huge dude. And Fit pulls me, because I wrestled Craven for yeah. the trial match, he pulls me aside and he goes, we're going to put you guys in a dark match. And for those who don't know what dark match is, um, the match is filmed before uh, SmackDown goes on the air. So they do like a warm up match for the crowd. So we're going, oh sweet, like, and me and Craven wrestle each other a million times, so we're going to wrestle a dark match, like hell yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to tear it up, like we're going to kill it. Um, because the older Minnesota guys have a story around here that my brother and Austin Aries were opening dark match once on Raw, and to this day they say like it was like the best match of the night. Like because they went out there and they just tore it up. They said like you know show us what you got. So me and Craven are all excited like yeah we're gonna tear it down tonight. 
and uh, they go, yeah, it's you two as a team against the great Kali, again, who's seven foot five, yeah. like 400 pounds. I go, oh, no. <laughs> like, okay, like, I was like, how am I going to, like, show off how to wrestle this guy? Because in my head, like, on TV, he was a guy, like, you couldn't knock him over, you couldn't move him around. He was beating guys with that big Kali chop in, like, Correct. five seconds. So, Not to mention, at least from my perspective, I didn't know if he could speak English. Yeah, not well. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> So all, all, what I was asking Fit was, I was like, I was like, so what do you want? Do you want us just like when the bell rings, you like, not to give everything away, uh, hit us and beat us and that's it? Like I was, I was like, what do I like? What do you want me to do to him? And he looked at me. He's like, you're a pro wrestler, right? You know how to wrestle. It's like just beat him up, do wrestling. Like he was so like flabbergasted. But I, what I was trying to say is, I was like, what do you want me to do with this eight foot monster? Yeah. Like no one in this arena believes I can beat this guy up. But he was like, he's like, beat him up. He's like, you know, basically like man up. And I was like, oh okay, so easiest match he's ever been the agent. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, beat him up, yeah. and do his thing. Uh, you and I used to lift together too, and obviously, like we're going to talk wrestling because we're getting close to the biggest event of the year for for WWE and WrestleMania, which is going to be in New York City outdoors. I hope it doesn't snow on you, but yeah. it's probably going to, yeah, probably. Uh, which is crazy. Um, we're going to talk a lot about physical fitness and lifting because you you I want to dive into it like right away. Yeah. When we start like you didn't suffer many injuries on the independent scene. Like obviously, we had bumps and bruises and our backs yeah. hurt. But in the last year with WWE, you suffered a pretty serious neck injury to the point where you actually thought you might have to retire from pro wrestling. Yeah. Do you remember like what happened and how was that so, transition back to the ring? So like you said, I, so I did have a few injuries on the independent scene, but nothing that hampered me too much. So actually really early on in 2009, like two years into my career, I tore my tricep tendon. Okay, I do remember uh, that. Yeah, yep. uh, that put me on the shelf for like eight months, but for those who know this, when you're 19 years old, you heal like Wolverine. Yeah, so right. I did my time. I I rehabbed a little bit and I got back in the gym and literally like each week I just got stronger and stronger and stronger until like it took it like six months to heal but it felt like I was just like right back to where I was like didn't hamper me at all but again 19 years old right um, and then my neck started bothering me around like 2015 just but when I talked to people about it like you're a pro wrestler like what do you expect I'm not the only one and at this point were you already on the 205 live roster at the two no 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 this was still, still okay stuff. Um, just 2015, yeah, because I started, 205 started in like 17. I oh, believe, that's so, right, yeah. yes. Um, but I started doing stuff, Cruiserweight Division, like 2016, like right at the start of 16, stuff like that, um, I think. And uh, so it just started bothering me a little bit, just uh, like a twinge here and there, but it's nothing out, you know, it's nothing out of the ordinary. Right. Back and neck is very common pro wrestler um, spots that hurt. And then I started getting a little bit worse, and then one day I noticed that I started getting some like pains down my arm, and I kind of had an idea, and I Googled it, and I said, okay, this might be a slight disc issue. I rehabbed it a little bit. I think I took a few weeks off, and I was fine. And then this time around when it happened, it happened in a match with Mustafa Ali. Um, I wouldn't call it a stinger, for, uh, as some say, but like I took a bump and like had a, lots of pain down my right. arm, and it kind of, after the match, it was still hurt like it almost felt like I got a really bad Charlie horse in my tricep knowing nothing hit my arm and then so we did an MRI and said hey you got a slight bulging disc not a big deal um again we're just going to rehab this because in my head I was like oh, do I need like surgery or something yeah. like, I don't know like you're fine you just need to just rehab this and you'll be okay and the hardest thing about it was it made my I started losing strength in my arm that's why I, that's what took so much time off sure. for this injury the neck itself started feeling better you know just like any other ache, pain, you know, if you do a couple weeks off some aspirin and ice and take care of it, it'll get better. So, and you know, as pro wrestlers, our pain tolerance is a little bit higher, I feel like, than most people. It has to be. What I consider, like, okay, this is good enough. Maybe some people say, like, no, this still hurts, yeah, you know, exactly. but I felt fine a couple weeks. It was just retraining my tricep and a little bit of my pec, too. Um, 
getting the strength back because when this initially happened, I couldn't even do two. I could I could struggle through one push up, but I couldn't it's do crazy. I couldn't do two. And when I figured that out, I was living in uh, an apartment downtown that had a gym in the basement. I couldn't do that, so I ran downstairs and I grabbed two 30-pound dumbbells and like kicked them up to do like a dumbbell bench press. And it's not that like this arm just gave out. It, it felt like there was no coordination in it. Mm. Like I lifted it up and it was just like moving on its own and, and like like sinking down and stuff like that. And I was like, uh-oh, this ain't good. So I phoned up my work and they were just like, this is common with that injury, um, weakness, tingling, that kind of stuff down the arm. So over the last six months, and even to this day, because this coming April yeah. is one year to the around the time when this happened, and I'm still not quite at 100% what well, my strength used to be, but it's significantly better, and it just took a lot, a lot of training. And we can get into all the stuff I did to get Yeah, there. I was going to say, because, yeah. I mean, Obviously, WWE has a great medical staff. <clears throat> they have yeah. great people down at the PC in terms of strength and conditioning coordinators. Did you work with the people at the PC? I think his name is Sean, right? Isn't he like the main guy at Dunham? Yeah, there's a couple um, of them. Um, or is it somebody you had um, to work with locally here in Minneapolis? So I started with working someone locally because obviously I lived here at the time. So they just sent me to a physical therapist. Um, and we started with doing uh, blood flow restriction. Yeah. So, which was kind of cool because obviously, it's some, yeah, something I saw in the bodybuilding world. But I was kind of like iffy about it. I don't know if it worked or not. Well, your boss, Triple H, right, does yeah. it with Joe DeFranco to get ready for yeah. something. Yeah, so like I said, I've seen, I've seen it a lot for hypertrophy training and stuff yeah. like that. And I got there and they had like an electronic version of it where it was like hooked up to a machine and actually like, you know how we just tighten it up yep. when we do it. That one, it actually had like a specific for your arm specifically in this injury. So it put on just the right amount of pressure, whatever he thought was right. And we literally just started with doing, there was like a like a massage table, whatever their tables are called, like this high, doing like incline push-ups. Because like, that was basically all I could do sure. to kind of start strengthening it. And we just kept lowering the table over weeks. Then we turn around and start doing dips. Then we get outside and start doing dumbbell bench with 20 pounds, 30 pounds. And I watched it each week, the strength come back and get stronger. So it was a very, like, it was, it was borderline depressing. If I was obviously, say, right? you can imagine if one day you couldn't even do a push-up. Yeah, it would suck. And I go, not only am I, into like bodybuilding and stuff like that, but like I'm a professional athlete and I can't do two push-ups. Like that's this is not good. So that's those a few weeks of like real dread and worry. And that's when I started thinking like, am I gonna have to retire? Like this is crazy. Well, you never know, especially something with your neck. Yeah, your spine, for right? sure. Um, but as it start, but then you kind of kick out of that funk a little bit. You tell yourself like, no, like, I'm gonna beat this. I can, I can do this. I, you know, you say I'm a pro wrestler. I can do this. I've handled a lot, a lot worse. I can beat this. And I just kept training really hard every day. And like I said, just started coming back, coming back. And like, it's probably as impressive to some people, but like yesterday I was doing chest press, uh, incline chest press, and I'm back to doing like 70 pound dumbbells, which before I got hurt, you know, maybe on a good day I was doing like 90s. So sure. it's not off, but like going from not even being able to do one with a 30, right. finally back to like 70s again, a little bit on the heavier side of the weight yeah, rack, right. uh, rack again. So I'm like, I'm like thank God. You go like, to the bro side. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. To so. get some of the weights. Well, it's cool because it's like, you're essentially starting from scratch in the bodybuilding or back in the lifting. Because I mean, yeah. there was days that when we first started, we couldn't lift shit either. Yeah. I mean, and um, it's good to see you like back, you look healthy. Like you 90%? Do you think 85? I would, I would say like 90% probably. And I think, and a lot of this, when I talk to any doctor, uh, physical therapist, they'll tell me part of it too is just being deconditioned because it, you know, you were pressing 70, 80, 90 pound dumbbells on a regular basis. And now it took, you had six months where you didn't 
do that. Mm -hmm. It took you six months to get back to pressing those kind of weights. So this whole time you're doing tens and twenties and thirties and these little weights and lots of times they say focus on reps. So even though I was, the thirties were getting easy, I was doing reps of 15, 20 higher, stuff like that. I didn't really go on the heavier side. So they said a lot of that is like that muscle is just deconditioned. Yeah. Just imagine if you just took six months off of lifting and you try to come back, like you wouldn't be able to do the same stuff. You wouldn't be as strong. So they said as long as you just keep training, which I always have, like I've never stopped training until I physically can't. Yep. Uh, they said like it should come back. And they said because you someone who's been lifting for, you know, 20 years now, like that muscle memory is a real thing. Like right. it'll start to come back a little bit. Well, I think it's cool. And it's kind of funny too. It's like on the indie scene, you were considered a heavyweight, right? Yeah. Like right. in Minneapolis, like you were in the main event, you, your call weight was like 225 or yeah. whatever they'd call you all that. But you'd be the heavyweight champion of that local federation to go to WWE to now to be, to, I believe legitimately have to be like 205 or less yeah. in terms of weight. Yeah. Um, is it difficult for you? Because like, I know your mindset is like, you want to get bigger. Like you yeah. want to eat more and you'd love uh, to be 215. Oh, I'd love to be 240. <laughs> yeah. good. Um, I always knew that going into the WWE. Um, I just knew on the independent scene, because here's the thing, if you're a big guy on the independent scene, usually they snatch you up pretty quickly. Yeah, like right? you don't, you know, uh, Luke Harper, who's six foot seven, like he wrestled in Chikara on the independent stuff like that. And I remember for a while being like, like why isn't this guy in WWE? He's six foot seven. <laughs> We're all five foot ten. Like it's kind of weird. And lo and behold, of course, he gets snatched up. So I feel like the independent scene normally, on average, five foot ten, 180, 200 pounds is like the average size, you sure. know. You have a few outliers here and there, but like most guys were like us. So there's always a heavyweight championship. So that's just one way. Yeah, yeah, so you don't really stand out as a small guy unless you're really small. But I always knew like, I really want to go to WWE, but if I do, like, I know obviously I'll be a small guy there. That's the land of the giants. And I think guys like us, there's all, that's always that little bit of hesitation or doubt of like, I don't know if I can go to WWE because. I'm not a giant. That's all we've been. Mm -hmm. It's all we've been watching since we were kids, and it's all we've been told as wrestlers: sure. you need to get big, you need to get big. That's why we got so into bodybuilding yeah. because we said we're trying to get big so we can look like those guys. Um, so going in, I was new. I was like, if my dream does come true, I'm going to be a small guy there. I'm just going to have to figure out how to tread that water. But luckily for me, they said, hey, there's now a market for small guys. Yeah. We want a smaller guy division, and I. Think athletes like Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor are like, hey, smaller guys can be badass and they can draw big right. crowds too. I take it all the way back to boxing. Like heavyweight boxing has always been the draw. And over time, hey, the smaller guys can now draw too. So WWE saw that and said, hey, we need to make a cruiserweight show. So now I'm wrestling guys who are also our size. So it's not much different than the independency, yeah. you know? I think it's interesting because I'm not necessarily sure where the mind shift changed up in New York is so they call it because for the longest time it was you had to be six seven you had to be two forty you had to look like Hogan you had to be one of those guys yeah. to get a contract and at some point along the history and probably like 2012, 2013, 2014, kind of like when we went down there, was like they're starting to think differently and where they're bringing in some of these independent guys mm -hmm. like yourself, like Ricochet, like Finn Balor. Like these guys aren't massively big giants, but they're the draws now and they're the people that people yeah. pay money to see. So was that, in your personal opinion, do you think that was just like an internal decision by the executive team to make, to realize or to maybe looking at other independent promotions saying like there's a market for this, we need to start looking at guys this size? I always, in my head, I think you just can't deny talent. I think, um, the guys like like every, I think everyone who knew who Ricochet was before WWE was kind of like, why doesn't this guy have a job? And then the first thing Conor had to go, I guess because he's small. Maybe yeah. maybe that's the only reason why. Um, and there's guys like Rey Mysterio, but like that was his thing. He was the small guy while everyone else was giants. I think the 
the switch happened because, like I said, a lot of the guys in the independent scenes were all about five foot ten, hundred eighty pounds. You just can't deny how good wrestling got. Mm-hmm. I feel like talent wise, wrestling wise, it's better than ever. The guys in NXT, the guys on Raw, the guys on SmackDown two hundred five, NXT UK, like all those shows, like the talent, way way better. Now that my brother works there too, like my brother, like I said, was in WWE in like two thousand four, two thousand eight. And now he's back within the company, and he says in 2019 he goes, he goes, everybody here is talented. Yeah. Right? Like, like there's no more bad wrestlers. Like, they're all really, really good. Um, so, and I think the size just changed, and WWE realized like we can't, we can't deny our fans these guys are good wrestlers, and they can help carry our flagship shows. So, like I said, they just, they just couldn't deny it anymore. They said we have to have these guys because they're starting to draw other mm. places. You know, Ricochet was starting to become a name in pro wrestling yeah. on his own, and they said like, well we should have that guy because he's that damn good. So that's, I think, where the shift started happening about four or five years ago. Do you remember tape training? Yeah. <laughs> so, I was just thinking about tape training because we have YouTube now and like yeah. that's how some of these guys get discovered. But literally when we broke into pro wrestling, it was VHS tapes that you're sending off to promotions, like your highlight reel. Yeah. Um, and that's another reason why I think some of these guys maybe never got discovered back in, yeah. in those days because it's like that tape never made its way to Stamford, Connecticut to the offices. Mm-hmm to get viewed, plus now with only one major large promotion with WCW not being around for quite a while now. Yeah. But it's, it's definitely shifted, it's definitely changed. Uh, the product is really cool. And everybody still is aesthetically looks phenomenal. Even if yeah. you're like five foot 10, like there, you can't, you can't Photoshop the abs on Finn Balor. You can't right. Photoshop the muscles on yourself and like Tony on 205 Live. Uh, who do you, who's your like lifting partner? <laughs> Tony actually. Tony? Um, so a few of us all travel in a car. Lots of times we, we all go to the gym together, but we're just on different days, you know, he's, someone's doing chest, someone's doing back, stuff like that, because I still do separate my body parts. Um, um, but yeah, occasionally if it just so happens, hey, you're doing chest today, I'm doing chest too, you know, so me and Tony will lift together. Because I mean, you look at the dude, he's jacked as, you know, um, so I go, okay, I'm going to listen to him, follow him. Sure. And I always like it because it gets you out of your own routine, like yeah. lots of times. We do it to each other all the time, we just go like, you just leave the whole workout because he does stuff different than I do and I do stuff different than he does. So sometimes it's different, fun to do something different. So I'll say, you lead today or I'll lead today and I'll just train with him. But sometimes, most, I'll say most of the time I do like lift on my own. And that's just me. I've always been a solo lifter since 16 Yeah, we've lifted together and you're off in the corner doing <laughs> something else. <laughs> I, I, just, I don't know what it is. It's just, it's one of those like put in the headphones mindset right. thing because when I have to, when you're lifting with someone, you know, headphones come on, you know, strip the weights off, do all this kind of stuff, you know, and you're just kind of focused on your own by yourself, but uh, but I'll use Tony to help push me. I mean, I look at him, I go, damn, that's, that's, I want to look that good too, so it's a good motivation factor. Was, is it tough for you to find gyms on the road? Uh, not, not really. Um, I have an LA Fitness membership for that reason because they're in a lot of Everywhere places. Much, yeah. um, um, but no, lots of times if we go to a, a market that WWE's been to a lot, like, hey, we got, they've been going to Chicago for the last 30 years. Yeah. They'll tell us, go to this gym, go to this Gold's gym specifically. There's a lot of Gold's gyms and LA's we'll go to, and then we'll go to occasional mom and pop gym. Um, but for the most part, because so many guys are looking for a gym, that there's just like an influx of WWE guys, it's always pretty cool. They go like, oh, you know, we'll hook you guys up, just come, you know, do this. We'll take a picture on the front desk people, and then, like, that's about it. And we do but it. you've been denied before, right? Like, is, did you tweet about this? Or, like, yeah, was, was it Portland? Uh, it was Portland, Oregon. Yeah, yeah. I think, didn't ESPN uh, pick it up or something? So, something yeah. like the tweet? Which what I, was is, this one? I, I was just trying to make people laugh on Twitter. I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal, but yeah, it was, it was like Hollywood Fitness in Portland, Oregon. And Shout out to Hollywood Fitness yeah. in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> Denying you. Sometimes I'll like, give them a call, be like, hey, we're wrestling in town tonight, uh, can we come use your gym? 
And the lady's like, what? Like, oh, like, we're WWE wrestlers. Like, can, would you mind if we come use your gym for the day? And she goes, oh, uh, I need to ask my manager, which is normally a kind of standard response. Sure. Um, and usually they go, yeah, of course, please come on in. Um, and she goes, I talk to my manager, I'll call you back. Like, okay. I'll call you back. <laughs> she didn't call back for like 20, 30 minutes to the point where we said, let's just go somewhere else. And then when we started getting close on time, I said, whatever, let's just go here, pay the guest pass, who cares, let's go work out. And halfway through my workout, I get a phone call back. She goes, hey, it's Hollywood Fitness. And I was like, oh, thanks. We were already an hour ago. I needed this anyway. She goes, uh, our manager said we don't want any pro wrestlers in here. Oh. We don't want you intimidating the other people. <laughs> the big pop of it was that, like, we're the 205 guys. So first of all, I don't think we're going to be scaring anybody. But on top of that, I was like, I was like, excuse me? I was like, I was like, she's like, yeah, we don't want you in here uh, intimidating our other members. And I was like, I literally said, I'm like, that's, I'm like, that's fucked up. And I was like, okay, thanks. And I just hung up the phone on her. And then I, just, I was like, oh, this is hilarious. Like, when is, I've never heard of this before. So I pulled out my phone and tweeted it, and so many people picked up on it. Yeah, and it spread like wildfire. I don't think it was that big of a deal, but it was just such a funny thing that I was like, we just got denied because we, we're pro wrestlers. We're like, how discriminatory. Yeah. <laughs> Us pro wrestlers. But. You're intimidating. Too. I mean, I'm not going to say the 205 guys aren't intimidating because they're still gigantic, but it's just pretty funny that, like, they legit, and unless they get calls like this all the time, but even still, like, yeah. such a joke. We're going to take a quick break, come back. We're actually going to talk a little bit more about how difficult it is for you to stay in shape on the road because in cars, on planes, can't be easy. So we'll be right back with Aria right after this. Weekly meeting. Making a swap. We're listening. When is it a sample? Air Max Day is about to be lit. Dropping some new dope flavors. Ricky! It's a little drumstick. Ooh. So the ghost vegan pancake batter. How'd you get 10K? <laughs> production as we speak. We've been hyped about this for months and the time is finally here. So let's go check it out. In here. This is it. Galaxy Burst. This flavor has a burst of candy with a hint of tart, giving your taste buds begging for more. It's fruity and creamy, yet sweet and tangy. After months of testing and formulations, this galactic flavor is sure to take over the galaxy. Now let's give it a try. So good. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, time to go. <laughs> All right, so we mentioned before the break that first off, I just want to say, like, coming from that world of pro wrestling, and I've, I've wrestled, I've played hockey, I've played football, basketball, baseball, I think that pro wrestlers are the most, like, 
remarkable athletes on the planet because to have to do a 12, 15 minute match on a good night, bumping, hitting the ropes, like first off, that is a task yeah. by itself. Wake up the next day feeling like shit, yep. get into a car, driving four hours, not being able to get the blood flow going. Like you're physically in pain all the time and sore and, and uncomfortable, but yet you, it's in your contract that you, at least it was once upon a time, that you have to look apart, like you right. have to look aesthetically pleasing, which requires you to go to the gym. How difficult is it for you on the road to get the motivation to work out when you just got out of a, an arena at one in the morning or whatever it might be, and you have to be at the next town in four hours, get little sleep? Has it been difficult for you to make that adjustment? 100%, and I'll tell you this, I've always trained, it's always, I, like I said, we were pro wrestlers, we knew we were smaller guys, always be training as hard as we can, eating right, doing all that kind of stuff, but I always followed a pretty strict, just like bodybuilding workout, bodybuilding diet, stuff like that. Because again, in my head, I was like, I just need to get big. Yeah. Um, and I did that through most of my independent career. And then once I got to WWE, and like I said, you start traveling more, um, you start wrestling harder, wrestling longer matches, wrestling more consistently, stuff like that. You realize that you need to change your focus a little bit more on being an optimum athlete rather than just being a, you know, as we like to joke, a body guy. You yeah. know, Because I started to notice that you spend so much time before a match, you know about that you take niacin, put on baby oil, start doing push-ups yeah, and curls and stuff like that. And you realize like you're skipping out on like stretching and mobility stuff. And uh, I feel like that shift's happening in the bodybuilding fitness world too. People are starting to kind of get smarter about how we work out and stuff like that. Because essentially it's going to lead to better gains anyway. Um, so one thing I switched about my training is I do push-pull legs. Mm -hmm. So I more or less just do all my back stuff, rear delts, shrugs, and biceps one day, all my chest and shoulders, yep. triceps next day, legs, and I repeat, and I try to do it six days a week. Um, I'll just kind of do my own research and talk to a few athletic trainers that we have and stuff like that, and they said, you know, training in those plane of, planes of motion can be very optimal for an athlete. So I said, well, I'll give it a try, and I really liked it, so that's kind of what I've been doing ever since. So. One thing I say, and I think you can probably attest to this, is I just really try not to break the cycle. When you take time off and stop training, that's when I feel like it's hard to get back into it. For so sure. Yesterday I flew home from Dayton, Ohio. You know, I got no sleep the night before. I barely, no sleep on the plane. I'm not a good plane sleeper, right? So I was basically up all night, came, I took a nap, woke up. You know, it was all groggy and foggy, but, you know, I took my pre-workout. I was like, I get to the gym, you know, worked out because I just want to stay in that cycle. And the... Like I said, the toughest thing is the travel, and you even kind of touched on that, like not getting good blood flow, constantly sitting, it's killer on your lower you're back, in. you know, you're on your phone, so your head's forward, stuff like that, you're just getting slouched. If you fall asleep on the plane, you usually fall asleep in a bad position, you know, so just really working on my mobility and eating the right foods. Um, I try to eliminate foods that cause any sort of inflammation in my body because I get enough of that from lifting, from taking bumps, you right. know, or just, and it's an accumulation of it over the years of doing this. I've been doing this for 13 years now, you know, so just. So what do you eat on the road? I mean, obviously you guys have catering, which catering is phenomenal. From yeah, catering's great. They have all the. But during live shows, it's like yeah. great, great. Yeah, so during FTV, obviously we have all, we have. You get all the bodybuilder foods you need. You need sweet potatoes, rice, chicken, right. broccoli, all that kind of stuff. It's all there for you. Um, so at TV, it's easy, but we always just try to go to places like IHOPs or Perkins or Denny's, stuff like that, because first of all, it's usually bare bones food. You know, mm -hmm. we, we say, okay, if we're going to eat healthy, at least, you know, it's just eggs and oatmeal and stuff like that. So that's usually our go to places. And then I have an app on my phone called uh, Avatar Nutrition. Okay, yep. They uh, do my macros for me. So each week I weigh in 
enter my body fat and my weight and then it just adjusts my macro to go. And I feel like, I feel like if you're a bodybuilder or let's say you're dieting for WrestleMania, like you gotta be super dialed in and each week has to change until you get to that one spot. For me, it's just, I need to kind of be in shape year round. There's no off season. Yeah, there really isn't. So I found that this app helps me the most because it just, more or less, just each week I weigh in, it says, hey, you know, you've gained a little bit more weight than you should. Let's cut these macros back. Let's cut these carbs, fats back a little bit. And then next week, I'll step on the scale. And with this plan, I was only supposed to lose a pound. Oh, no, I lost three pounds. So okay. it'll kick my macro. Okay, you lost too much weight. Let's put your carbs up a little higher. So it just takes me, I just take it week by week. And that's what this app really helps me do that. And I feel like that's been, obviously, we all hear nutrition is most important. Right. That's been hands down the biggest change in my physique is once I started actually tracking my macros and making adjustments and just sticking to it, being very strict about it. How difficult is it though, being on the road, because a lot of people when they track their macros, they actually have a food scale to like mm -hmm. put on the chicken breast and serving your rice. Like you obviously probably don't have that luxury on the road. So are you guesstimating? Or I do. do. You, or you do have one. I have a tiny little food scale. Um, Noam Dar was the, another guy who's on 205 and now he's in NXT UK. He was the one who, uh, he injured his leg and when he was out on injury, he had that same epiphany of like, I, I'm a, you know, I need to get in the best shape of my life because this sucks, you know, right. and gain some weight because he couldn't do any cardio and stuff like that. So he downloaded this app and he's telling me about it and I noticed that TV, he had a tiny little food scale and just flip it open, you know, you set it to ounces or grams, whatever you want and lots of times we would just take a coffee cup, put the coffee cup on there and you just drop a chicken breast in there or fill it up full of rice sure. and just kind of do that. And then the nice thing is it obviously saves that kind of data. Right. So now I do guesstimate a little bit more, um, but I still travel with my food. See, anything I'm unsure about, like now I know one of those coffee cups full of oatmeal, exactly how many carbs it is. I've done it so many times. Right. So, um, but I'll still bring it with me. And then obviously a lot of the nice thing about IHOPs and parking stuff, you know, is look up sure. um, their stuff like that. So like I said, my biggest thing is just like I've always had my fitness pal, but I don't know why I would just apparently pressing an app and pressing <laughs> buttons too much work that I'd stop using after a couple of weeks. This one I've been actually following very diligently and it's made a world of difference. That's great. I mean, counting your macros, I did that once upon a time too. And to your point, like you kind of get used to like certain sizes equal mm -hmm. X makes it a little bit easier. Um, in towns in which you don't have an IHOP, you don't have a Perkins, and like, what's your, because there's fast food. I, yeah. I know you guys eat fast food, not by choice, but yep. because you're kind of forced to. Um, I'll go to McDonald's, okay. and I'll get their grilled snack wrap with okay. no ranch sauce on it. That's usually my one go-to. Or I just uh, eat stuff bunless, you know, go to, if, if, and here's the thing too, like, when you wrestle, like, so catering gets shut down at like, you know, around when the show starts, so they stop making foods. Now it's just leftover food. And sure. Sometimes you're busy doing stuff, doing a backstage promo, getting ready, stretching. By the time you wrestle, come back, like there is no like, catering left. Or it's stuff that's been sitting out for like six, seven hours. It's cold, you don't want it anymore. Um, so lots of times there's a long gap where we, okay, there's no food we get here. Like you said, we hit the road and now it's all that's open is Taco Bell and stuff like that. So if there's this big long gap where I haven't eaten, I say, you know what? I'm gonna just load up on protein and fats. I'll just watch my carbs and then that's, I'll call it a day. So there's been times where I've gone to Wendy's and I'll say, like, let me just get a Baconator and I'll toss the buns away. I'll say, like, at least I'll get all the protein and fat I can yeah, get. I don't need sure. the carbs. Cause I said, that's, that's, that's usually worst case scenario. But luckily I like to think I'm naturally a smaller frame guy. So a little extra fat and protein in my right. diet. It's not gonna kill me. You know, some guys obviously blow up or they gain weight really. What's the ectomorph when you don't yeah, yeah. gain weight very easily. So I can get away with that stuff. So I have a little bit of that luxury if I have to do beef jerky and almonds at the gas sure. station, you know. I know I've seen, um, so Chad Gable's from our area. We mm -hmm. wrestled with him on the independent scene too. And he has posted several times about having like the pre-made meals sent to him. Yep. Is it something that you've 
looked into or have, have you done it before? I've looked into it, but like I said, the, the little system that I use, it works for me. Sure. You know, uh, because as, as nice as those pre-made meals are, I do notice it makes the guy have an extra bag. It's kind of cool. I've never seen this before. Uh, first time I, I saw Seamus first time. I had this huge, it just looked like a big freezer box, but like it was a, uh, it wasn't like hard. It wasn't like a cooler or something. Yeah. It, was, it was like any other suitcase and he opened it up and the inside's all like lined with like cold stuff. He goes, this is how I, he travels with all his nutrition solution foods and he, uh, he can just check it and doesn't have to bring it with him. So, but now he has three bags and this, so I go, you know what? It's, and he's a microwave sometimes. Yeah, whatever. microwave, stuff like that. And um, I like cooking, so when I'm home, I don't mind cooking. I know I've gotten a few recipes from, <laughs> from you that you posted. Um, um, so I like cooking and stuff like that. And then, like I said, when I'm on the road, I can normally find what I need. I don't need to actually bring extra meals with me. So we are, we mentioned it earlier, we're on the road to one of the biggest events of the year. And like I, as, as your friend, always look forward to this time of year because A, I'm a geek when it comes to wrestling. I love yeah. it. I still watch it. But like I'm pulling. I want to see you like on the main card. I want to see you on it. Yeah. We've talked before about certain things that the 205 crew could do. Yeah. Like, do we think we're going to get you on it this year? May, hopefully, maybe. Like I said, uh, the guys where I was chattering about getting like a multi-man ladder match or something. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, we'll go nuts. You give us a bunch of ladders and you hang the cruiser. I've seen you with a ladder on the independent scene. You're, you know, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah, like, put this in front of uh, 100,000 people. Well, yeah, and Russell, like, the biggest show of the year. Like, yeah, so. Um, but no, there is going to be a cruiserweight. Uh, the cruiserweight championship is being defended. There's a tournament currently going on where the winner is going to face Buddy Murphy. So there will be some 205 representation in WrestleMania. But now each year we always say like, like man, a ladder match, a ladder match. So throw us all in a ladder match, and it'll be the craziest match you guys yeah. ever seen. So. It's got to happen. I mean, you think about the popularity of that TLC match that they had. What was it now? Like 15, yeah, 16, yeah, 17 yeah, years ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, you guys could definitely tear it up and do something cool. Like. Let's say you're not part of the show. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you still enjoy that weekend as busy as it is and everything that's going oh, on? Yeah, I mean, here's what you got to remember. This is what we've want, I wanted to do since I was a little kid. You know, since I was eight years old, I've always, every year, watch WrestleMania, watch WrestleMania, watch WrestleMania. For the last three, I've been there as an employee. I wasn't on the card, but it's still a crazy, it's a crazy feat to, because yeah. I say, I got involved in this pro wrestling industry, and to now be at the top of the industry, the company, the company that produces the top top guys like to be like rubbing elbows with them and like like it's a real validation on your career because sure. as you know in independent wrestling we don't have like it's not like college football like i know you compared it to the minor leagues but we don't have coaches and stuff we're kind of just figuring it out on our own and you take advice from this veteran advice from that veteran and you know you wrestle a match and it's not like we had coaches or agents to tell us hey you should have done this it's just kind of us giving each other feedback right. and you just hope it's good feedback so you're kind of just really every it's really independent wrestling you're just on your own hoping like i hope each year i'm getting better you kind of look back you're like, i think i'm getting better you know when my body looks better like things are working in the right direction okay now i'm having some tryouts and this and that so it was a long process to finally get there and to say that i'm an employee of the company and now i get to be on the inside at wrestlemania like it's a real accomplishment that sometimes I need to take a step back and remind myself of that, and then I go, okay, this is, this is pretty sweet. I think it's hard. I mean, I'm, I'm the same way. Like, even, like, with this business, like, you don't really take a chance to step back and figure out, like, what you've done. Like, you're still in the moment, right? Yeah, exactly, like, 100%. But, it's, like, we were in Dallas for WrestleMania, and you were there, and, like, we tried to hook up, link up, and you were, like, just busy as all. I mean, you weren't, yeah. I don't think you were on the card, but, like, you literally had engagements, like, every hour on the yeah, hour with so something. so we have to do, we still have to do uh, WrestleMania Access as, like, a four or five day event that I believe, it's, like, four or five days before Mania, and I think it's actually going a few days after, maybe one day after Mania this year, too, but we have to do autograph signings, we have to wrestle matches. They have, you know, 
um, the Hall of Fame ceremony and stuff like that. So that weekend, we're all busy. They're putting, mm-hmm. they're making sure whether you're on the card or not, everybody's working. Yeah. Even NXT, NXT UK, like it's it's like WWE week, you know, in New York for WrestleMania this year. So everyone's busy and doing stuff. And then Sunday's kind of like, all right, everyone take a step back. Let's enjoy the show. Let's enjoy the big show. It's interesting with NXT, and not to get too much into wrestling, but it always seemed like during the big weekend, so WrestleMania weekend, NXT is the night before, so the guys and girls on NXT are like, let's let's make WrestleMania not look as good as what we're doing. So they go and they tear it up, and they always do a great job. And then WrestleMania happens, and they tear it up and do a great job. Do you guys like in the locker room watch that shows on on that Saturday night, like the NXT shows, and like part of you because you kind of fit the bill of that mold of superstar that could be on either? Do you ever wish or think like I'd like to be able to participate in that brand as well as the main brand because they're doing some really cool stuff yeah i mean nxt is kind of, i feel like it has the whole wrestling world buzzing everyone's uh locked in on takeovers and making sure keeping up with what they're doing because while they are not the main roster brand they're doing amazing work on their own and it was such a small niche thing that's now blown up into a thing that they're like selling out arenas mm-hmm. just like wwe pay-per-views are so yeah i'm a big fan of nxt a lot of my friends are down there um we kind of st- we started there a little bit. They kind of slowly acclimated us. Uh, like that's where the CWC was filmed. Was yep. kind of through NXT. They just rebranded it a little bit, um, and then like me and Tony Nese did some tag matches in NXT and stuff like that. So it's it's always really cool. And like that's another thing. As the wrestling geeks that we are, like there's there's like not it's not just WrestleMania. There's a mini WrestleMania first, and yeah. then WrestleMania. Like like it's gonna get better. Can we add a th- there's Raw and SmackDown the next two days, then 205. Like right. for wrestling fans, like what a time to be alive, and and for wrestlers too. It's crazy too, because even like WWE historically wouldn't necessarily get involved with maybe the independency, but now there's like a partnership or mutual agreement with Evolve sometimes to have yep. some guys from WWE to go there. Uh, obviously, Jericho is in and out of WWE, and he's doing things with Japan and all these other promotions, and he kind of does what he wants. It's a very interesting time to be alive. And what also I think is super interesting is you mentioned earlier, your brother is now back with WWE. Yeah. I saw you posted a picture with him on social, which was really cool. But for the longest time, and I think I've written an article on this a long time ago, but for the longest time, like you were always referred to as Sean Devari's brother, yeah. like literally always, and that's kind of how people referred to you. But like now, it's he is Arya Devari's brother. <laughs> so like, how does that feel to hear that when somebody's like, go, they might go to Sean and be like, "Aren't you Arya's brother?" Yeah. Like it's different because it, of what you've accomplished. Yeah. So, and that's very true. You know, lots of people like that's all I've always remembered as right. Sean Devari's brother, which ain't a bad thing by no. any means. But um. To be able to get to WWE and kind of get that like stamp of validation of like, oh, it's not just Davari's brother on the independent scene, which like I said, some people just assumed like, oh, once Davari, my brother made it to WWE, like oh, his little brother was probably like, oh, I want to be a wrestler too. Like that was never the case. Like we were both always fans. He was just sure. older, so obviously he got to it first. Um, so to kind of get there and on my own too because he wasn't in the company at the time mm-hmm. when I got signed so it's like now it's kind of spotlight was just on me and to be there for three years now I often forget about that but I've been That's in great. WWE for three years now kind of creating my own name and now he got to come back into the company in a backstage role like it couldn't have been any sweeter you know like we initially kind of discussed like hey, it'd be cool if we could be a tag team on like Raw or something which who knows maybe in the future that could happen but I think this is something he really wanted to do, which is working in a backstage capacity now, so it's kind of cool that he can offer his wealth of knowledge to the new talent, and even because he helped me so For much, sure. you know, sharing this knowledge with me, and I remember just, not just because he's my brother, but listening to what he would say, I got, oh, he knows this business very well, so I'm glad that WWE is now utilizing his skill in that, 
and then my skills as a talent. And I think they've always known that too with him, because I mean, remember talking to other wrestlers that came from here that went up there, like he would be the first phone call that, mm -hmm. you know, Sean, like, hey, give me some <laughs> advice on that. Um, you and Sean did some stuff with a different promotion back in the day over in India and mm -hmm. did some traveling stuff. But like recently with WWE, you guys were able to be in the same ring together, mm -hmm. uh, which was really cool. How special was that for you and your family? It was a lot of fun, you know, it was, it was something you never know. You never, you always wish is going to happen, but you never know is actually going to happen. And the best thing about it at that moment to let people on the inside too is we're as we're walking up the ramp. He put his arm around me and said, and he told me, he goes, he goes, I love you so much. He goes, I'm so happy we, really cool. we got to do this together. And I was so like in the moment that I was just kind of like, you know, like <laughs> wrestler guy. And he had the wherewithal to kind of like stop and be like, hey, like let's let's uh. Let's breathe this, breathe this in a little bit. Like, remember all those days of us being little kids wrestling on the trampolines and this yeah. and that? Like, the two of us just got sent to the ring by Vince McMahon to, like, go do a segment. So he was, like, was smart enough to grab me and be like, hey, hey I love you. <clears throat> he was squish up. <laughs> he was, hey, I love you, and I'm glad we're getting to do this together. It was something like that, and I was, was kind of like, yeah, hey, you're right. And then, like, snap back into wrestling. Right, yeah, the so cameras are on. Because yeah. <laughs> um, this was, was this India? Right? Uh, Saudi Arabia. Uh, Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And there was like, how many thousands of people were there? 70,000. Yeah, it was massive. Was like it was yeah. ridiculous crazy. And I remember, because like, I didn't watch the show live, but then all of a sudden I saw the pictures <coughs> come out the next day. I was like, this is really right. cool. Like, this yeah. is a special moment that most people probably maybe write it off. But like, yeah. literally, if they knew your story and your guys is where you guys came from. Yeah, like I said, we, we've shared the ring together numerous times, independent shows and that. But like I said, to do it in the WWE capacity. And like I said, just the fact that how I mentioned before, like it feels cool to know that like we're kind of in the top company in the industry that you've worked your way up to that level. Like, like I'm wrestling there now. He's working there in a backstage role. It's kind of like it's like having like a Harvard education, you know, <laughs> like get to the top top spot. So it's just cool. And like I said, sometimes I gotta take a step back and like think about that. Like, oh man, like we were just we were just kids in Minnesota with posters on our walls, playing with action figures of pro wrestlers and playing all the video games and this and that and just this crazy pipe dream of like we want to be wrestlers and I'm sure our parents like wrestlers like what <laughs> like and like it actually yeah. came to fruition you know it, a lot a lot a lot of hard work and mental and physical and emotional pain that comes with it but like I said when you take a step back and just be like damn like we did this you know most people too have a plan B when they come into to wrestling or at least they mm -hmm. should I mean you went to college you had a yep. you got a degree you had regular people jobs man you worked for like yeah. Polaris and some other companies and you were miserable like yeah. this is all you ever wanted to do was pro wrestling like do you I mean, and it worked out which is yeah. great right but I mean like do you ever sit back and think about like what what if what would I be doing if it wasn't this like do you have one, any idea? Uh, one, I, I tell people this all the time I say I'm so impressed by like 23 year old me to have such a like vigor and being like like yeah this is gonna work out with like not a care in the world like now that i'm almost 30 i'm always stressed about everything just like <laughs> being like a real adult and worried about this and i go i can't believe how how tunnel vision i was at 23 24 thinking like this is i don't worry someone dropped my package um i was so tunnel vision thinking and i, I at that time, I, for some reason, I just never had that thought. Because, yeah, I worked at uh, Polaris. Like, I was like an office job. I had an office job for Wells Fargo. You were like a personal trainer, too, for a while? I was a personal trainer yeah. at Lifetime for a little bit. So that one I didn't mind because I was just was work, working out and, yeah, yeah, a little bit more of my element. Um, but I just never, yeah, I just never thought about what if this doesn't work out. I was just so sure it was going to. And like I said, I commend younger me for having <laughs> that tunnel vision now because... 30-year-old me is like, you're crazy, kid. Like, find a good job. Make sure you're settled. Make sure everything's okay. But 
Yeah, now that I got there, like, like I said, I have to sometimes remind myself, like, like you busted your ass for this. This wasn't right. something that came easy. Like, this was something that took a lot, a lot of time. And like you said, a lot of sometimes doubt, mm -hmm. you know, laying there in bed wondering, is this going to work out and stuff like that. But just a small part of me just always knew, like, it's going to. So, like, just keep your nose to the grind and just keep going. You still have a ton to accomplish. I mean, we could sit here and talk about all your like aspirations at WWE. Obviously, there's a, there's a title in your division that yeah. you need to win yet, and I of hope course. that someday you do. Um, but you're also now in the role of giving back. So you, you, your brother, a couple other people here, Ken Anderson, uh, Eric Kennan, like Molly Holly, all got together and created like this Academy of Pro Wrestling here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Cheap plug for them, but it's a really good school, right? And uh, for me, it's like, how do you guys, to bring it back to fitness and nutrition, like what's your education on fitness and nutrition to these kids who are coming in the camp, coming yeah. in the training camp, who ultimately, like, yeah, you don't have to look like a body guy anymore per se, but yeah. I mean, I still think it's super important. So honestly, right off the bat, the first few days are like, let's see what you're made of. And there's a lot of running and jumping, calisthenics, plyometrics, stuff like that, because these things, as you know, all apply to wrestling, mm -hmm. you know? You should be practicing your box jumps because that's how you learn how to do a springboard, you right. know? And um, if you can't do, uh, front flip, you know, because you don't have the core strength to know where your body is, a little body awareness, like it's not going to help. So unfortunately, we, people do get into pro wrestling business and go, oh, this is fake, right? So it must be easy to do and they're not in shape or, you know, they've never worked out a day in their life and they think they can come do this. I go, I go, this almost has the same strain and athletic capacity as playing like football or basketball. So nobody would think I can just get off my couch and join a basketball team. Right. I don't know why you think that about pro wrestling. Um, so... Me and Cam will really get into the kids' heads, and I, you see it, the kids who care, like I've seen the kids go from 140 pounds soaking wet to now they're like 170 pounds. They still got that like kid muscle on them, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like this, kid's, this kid's trying though. Like, right. We told them, you know, hey, you know, start drinking protein shakes, you know, add some creatine, you know, you probably should lift, you know, three to four days a week at least right. with your wrestling training, stuff like that. So the kids who care about it, I'm seeing, I see a difference in their bodies and they're getting in better shape. And, you know, we do a lot of cardio drills, a lot of blow-up drills. We like to call running the ropes, jumping in and out of the ring, all the rules and stuff like that. So, and just wrestling itself. When you wrestle a live match, you know, 15, 20 minutes, it's a crazy cardio workout. So we just really implement to the kids, like, you, you need to be in shape. And we sometimes tell them, like, when you come here, you come here to wrestle. We'll do some workout stuff, but it's mostly to wrestle. So, like, really need you on your own to be dieting right, taking the right supplements and working out as well. And like I said, the kids who care, they're doing it. What's the longevity of Ari Davari in pro wrestling? Have you, there, do you, have you ever thought about like what age you want to wrestle tell or like what you want to, how, how far you want to go? I mean, obviously you, you know, could be, you could be Rick who just turns, what, 70? Yeah. Right? And like still be involved in it, but. I, I would love to be involved in pro wrestling for the rest of my life. I love, love, love this industry, love this business in any form or capacity. Like I said, seeing my brother in a backstage role now, sure. like that's super cool to see. So I'll always be connected to it somehow. And I, even you, I think, I feel like pro wrestling probably brought you to the fitness industry. For sure. It's what sparked yeah. your love for fitness and stuff like that. So no matter where it takes me, wrestling will always be a part of my life. I hope it's something I can do um, for a long time. You know, there are some wrestlers who are still wrestling in their 40s, I think, on a little bit more limited basis. But you can still do it if you take care of yourself. And, you know, my health and fitness and going to the gym, like, I feel like that's something... I'm going to do for the rest of my life until I physically can't do it right. anymore. And I feel like as long as I keep doing that, I think I can stay a part of, as an active pro wrestler. And if the time ever comes where, you know, a few injuries start piling up or something like that, you kind of, I feel like guys today are much smarter. Back in the 
80s and 90s, they used to wrestle till the wheels fell off. You know? yeah. like they would just tape it up and go. And those They're still are, out there. Yeah, those are some tough, tough dudes. But I think today guys are now getting smarter as far as like, okay, I might need some time off here, this and that, or kind of knowing when to hang it up just because you don't want to have, you know, you can't, can't look over your shoulder or something like that, or just have low back issues for mm -hmm. the rest of your life, or really bad hips or stuff like that. So guys are getting smarter to hang it up a little bit earlier. So I don't know if I, if I wrestle my last match when I'm 40, 45, like that'd be cool. But if it happens sooner, you know, you'll you adapt. Yeah, exactly. You know, so you can't really say, but I want to be involved in pro wrestling, hopefully for the rest of my life. And if you love it as much as you do, why not? I mean, yeah. there's always something you can do to contribute to give back, whether it be the school, whether it be mm -hmm. backstage like your brother. Uh, the final question, and this is probably the most important question of the entire podcast, is the margarita still your drink of choice at the bar? <laughs> <laughs> Early in the morning, too. Uh, no, you know what? I, I've, now that I've aged a little bit, well, whiskey on the rocks. Yeah, the boy. Yeah. But, but hey, you know what? Shout out to Avatar Nutrition. They have a alcohol counter in there. Do they really? Yeah. Okay. There's another thing that for the longest time about dialing in my nutrition, I was like, yeah, you know, I'll just drink vodka sodas. You know, those add up. Yeah. So I started learning to track my alcohol within my macros now, which has been a game changer. So whiskey on the rocks now. No more margarita. Margaritas are full of sugar. You can't be having those anymore. Can't yeah. give up those precious <laughs> calories. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you if you are on the WrestleMania and eventually you're going to win that Cruiserweight title, I will come to where you're at. We'll have whiskey on the rocks and we'll celebrate. So that'll be yeah. sweet. So appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Good luck. Uh, Thanks, man. enjoyed that podcast with him as I enjoyed conducting it and talking with Ari on a different level. And I, I truly mean that. And when I said in that interview that for the longest time you were known as Sean Davari's brother, now it's roles are reversed. Sean is known as Arya Davari's brother and Arya has accomplished his lifelong dream of performing in the WWE. And he's been there for three years now with no signs of slowing down. So it's super cool to see Arya living his dream. You know, I'll say this. Sometimes the biggest failures in life, some, or sometimes when you feel you're destined to do something and you fail at it, and it ends up being the best thing that's ever happened to you. So I thought I was destined to be a pro wrestler. I failed. But it ended up being the best thing that happened to me because it ultimately led me to Fitness Informant and connecting with each and every single one of you on a digital, personal level and trying to help you all live better variations of your life. And what's cool is Arya told me, and, and I don't, you know, I don't think it made the podcast, but it was, he said the guys and girls up in WWE use Fitness Informant platform for, for education, for learning what supplements to take and what workout routines to do. So to me, that's really cool uh, to all the boys and girls on the road in the world of professional wrestling, whether you're in WWE, whether you're in some independent promotion across the world, uh, whether you're in a bigger promotion like Ring of Honor or New Japan, like literally you guys and girls are the best athletes on the planet, and I truly mean that. Uh, you don't get enough credit for that, and you, as you should. But ultimately, be safe out there. Tuck your chins, and just enjoy it, man. Because, I mean, when I think about it, do I miss it? I miss, I miss the camaraderie with the guys and girls. That's the thing that I miss. I don't necessarily miss waking up feeling sore, uh, but I do. I miss the stories. I miss the crowd reactions, and I miss, I, I miss that. I miss the um, you know, performing in front of people. That, was to me, was always fun. But uh, you guys and girls, like I said, the, the premier athletes of the world come from the world of professional wrestling. And you can disagree with me, but I, I've played every sport possible. Nothing remotely came close to professional wrestling. Next week, we welcome in Adam Bisick. Uh, he's a personal trainer. He's a fitness guru. He's a genius. He also has probably the biggest ass on the planet in a good way. He, it's muscular, but he works with Brett Contreras uh, and just has some really good programs in terms of lower body workouts. He's a, he's a genius. I mean, he's really smart. Uh, Adam actually is a trainer at my local gym. I think that you all out there are going to learn a lot from him in terms of 
executing on your fitness and your diet plans. Uh, he has a great story. Came from the world of track and field, and he just got bigger as he got older. And uh, you were gonna really like. Adam Besick. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, YouTube Podcasts. Uh, we're on there as well. Or Google Podcasts. Rate, review on us. To help with that algorithm. Help us get it up there. Tell a friend via social media. Get more people to help listen to this podcast. Let's, baby, let's get this growing. It's a weekly podcast, and we're going to keep churning these babies out. So until next week, this is yours truly, the one and only, often imitated, never duplicated, Rennie D. That's what I used to say inside the squared circle. But no. Appreciate y'all. Hey, and loose with me and listening to this podcast as always be informed live fit and let's go